Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the In the Huddle podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Rotundo. And I'm Sam Gold. And week two was officially in the books. It was a wild one, a lot of high-scoring games, a lot of uh, surprise victories, and a lot of comeback, a lot, a lot of come-from-behind victories, uh, some fantasy performances that are going to be ones to remember. Sam, it was a wild week. I enjoyed it. Uh, what were your thoughts? Football is football. So I will enjoy that aspect, but I got to be honest, I was not very happy on Sunday for a couple of different reasons. Obviously, we'll get to the Chiefs game. Fantasy, uh, all my teams are looking pretty up, and we had a very down week. <laughs> I got, got demolished in all of my leagues. So, you know, it's great to just watch football in general, but uh, in certain aspects, definitely not too happy this week, got to say. But excited. Yeah, I mean, here. it's what... It is one of those things that um, it is only week two. Uh, we have a very small sample size on a lot of things. There's a lot of things that we still don't know. There's a lot of things that are still up in the air about teams. But as the weeks go on, we'll start getting a clearer picture. The injury bug started to affect some teams last week, some injury scares. So, uh, yeah, you know, we'll discuss it further as the show goes on. But let's roll the intro music. You're listening to In the Huddle with Sam Gold and Chris Rotundo. All right, so we have a Thursday night game. Chris, all the primetime games besides the Bears game, we'll get to the other two of the week. Actually, no, Monday night game was very good, but uh, most primetime games have been very good, including this one. We have Washington. Isn't it weird that it's like the first, the, so sorry to cut you off, but uh, the first no, half okay. of every game has kind of been like a little bit of a letdown, and then the second half, it just picks up, it gets insane. Yeah, it's been some, uh, definitely, I think the Chiefs-Ravens game was expected to be good, but like with this game, the Giants-Washington game, and last week with the Raiders game, it's kind of like, okay, we have a set team we know that's going to win going into it, and they start doing good in the first half, and then the second half is just like, what the hell is going on? And that definitely yeah, happened I mean, with this game. I mean, this game, it ended 30-29. Uh, it was a very good game. I didn't know what to expect from Washington. Taylor Heineke, uh, he gets his first start since that crazy playoff game against the Bucks last year, and he didn't disappoint. He, he really blew my expectations away. I know it's one game, and I know it's versus this Giants team who has looked terrible these first two weeks. Um, but he really blew my expectations away, and I think that if he can keep this up, this Washington team can still win football games. And honestly, uh, I know it's one game, and I might be getting ahead of myself here, but if he, if he can play similar to this, he will be the starter before Fitzpatrick returns. So we just got to see how he progresses. I know it's one week. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself here, but he looked good. And I was questionable about Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin's fantasy value. And by the looks of it, he was utilizing both. Terry had, I think it was 14 targets, but he had 11 receptions. And Gibson had 13 carries and he had 69 yards. And he also got two receptions as well. So uh, I think my kind of doubt or up in the air question about about them I don't, I don't really have that anymore he, he knows where his playmakers are and who needs to get the ball to a coach like ron rivera will drop plays to get them the ball so that's really 
I, I, I feel I feel much better after this game about this Washington team than I did before going into it with all the uncertainty. Yeah, I was saying last week that I wasn't too worried about Terry McLaurin because I just know how good he is, uh, especially two years ago when they didn't have anyone either, and he still went off. So I wasn't too worried about him. Taylor Heineke I thought looked really good. But um, games like this is what just makes me love football being back because I love just sitting down on a Thursday night, not giving a shit about either team, but just loving how chaotic it's getting towards the end of the game and just have an ending like this. I mean, the Giants – we live in New Jersey, so obviously we're hearing the brunt of the result of this game. You know, a lot of people we know are upset, uh, especially on social media and stuff. The Giants had this many, many times. Um, it was Slayton who dropped the pass, correct? The touchdown pass? Yeah, it was Slayton. Yeah, it was Slayton. Um, oh, so long ago to the game, though. What what else happened with the Giants? What am and I then missing? The, the Washington field goal attempt to go win Dexter Lawrence was uh that's what, it was. that's what it was yes of course how could i forget that was <laughs> that was brutal i mean to be fair they were still in decent field goal range like they could easily made it anyways but... and then and then the second kick the second kick it was doing the same exact thing except they were five yards closer so they got away with it true oh yeah that's right he missed so, the first kick see it it's I mean, all coming I guess back to me the only downside about this was that i picked the giants to win and I, I lose like that, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's football. It happens. But it, I, I was like, oh, come on. They, they, they need to miss after the first. But I'm like, yes, OK, I got one game down. And then that happens. But, you know, it was still a very fun game to watch. I, I, I wasn't even mad. Yeah, I, I believe I picked Washington. So I guess yeah, yeah, you, you, but, you um, picked Washington. You won, I think, every game that we had split this week, I want to say. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty rough week for me. I mean, oh, see, yeah. I, I I picked the Seahawks, Vikings, Bengals, and Giants. Oh, yeah, but um, I think I also picked the Bengals, and I also picked the Seahawks. No, I I, I think you picked the no, you didn't pick the Bengals. You took the Bears. I did. Yeah, and then we, we both had the Chiefs as well, which was very hurting. You know, I'll just... take it. I mean, if you if you completely remember it, this time no, I, I need remember... to write it down. I remember you had the uh, you had the Bears, and I had the Bengals. Okay. That was a split game. You wanted. I remember you said you wanted to take the Bengals, but mm-hmm. you're like, since I'm taking them, you'll go with the split on that one. And even yeah. with Burrow throwing three picks, I mean, we'll get to that game in a little bit. But even with three interceptions, they were still in a position to win that game as well. Which is, it was just a wild week of football. But Sam, I guess let's move, let's let's keep it moving. Let's move on to the second game: uh, Raiders and Steelers. Um, the injury bug really bit the Steelers on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, TJ Watt left with a groin injury. Tyson, I always mispronounce his name. Tyson Alu-Alu, I think that's how you say his name. A defensive lineman, he has a fractured ankle, so he's going to be he, he's going to miss some serious time. Uh, Deontay Johnson on some garbage play at the end of the game went out. Uh, it's not supposed to be serious. Him and TJ, uh, it's not going to be. It's not going to be a, a serious injury for Deontay or TJ. They shouldn't miss any time or any extended time at all. Um, Joe Hayden's hurt. Devin Bush was inactive. Um, to it, it's going to be missing some time. He was at the start of the season on the IR. Trying to think who else. I feel like I'm feel like I'm missing another player. But anyway, there's like five or six starting starting defensive players in the Steelers that were hurt going into the game that were hurt either before the game or during the game yesterday. So that's a big loss on the defensive side. And the offense, it just looks terrible. Really not much to say. It's 
it's pitiful. It's it's hard to watch. They can't even move the ball. They can't get any momentum going. Uh, I really don't even know what's going on. Besides, your defense can only hold on for so long. The offense needs to put points on the board. I guess Juju got a rushing touchdown. Najee Harris had a nice uh, nice catch and mm-hmm. run. But besides besides that, n- nothing good came from it. And it came out I think it, about three hours ago. That ben has a Oh, it, it, that was an insane mm-hmm. stiff arm. But uh, besides that, and then Ben has a left pectoral issue, which Mike Tomlin says affecting his performance. So all around that team, there's injuries on both sides of the ball. And then I forgot who got ejected. But one of the offensive linemen got ejected from, from the game. So it was just a bad game. Injuries, but, you know, that's the name of the game. It sucks when you have five or six starting defending defensive players out. But that's football. The offense needs to clean itself up. It's the same story as last year, but this offense looks even worse if that was even possible. Uh, yeah, it could be a long year if this offense doesn't get their act together. And I'm, after these first two weeks, I'm kind of scared about it because quite honestly, your rookie running back isn't going to be able to do too much behind this offensive line. It, it's, it's bad. Um, sometimes I wonder who's who, who, who's been throwing to. He's going for a deep shot and he chucks it 20 yards past the receiver. Uh, it's just really bad. I really don't feel like spending too much time on this game. The Raiders, Sam, I know I text you. It's like they do this every year and we're seeing it firsthand. Like once again, they beat the Ravens and they beat the Steelers. Two games that they went in as underdogs and they're having this insane season. People are like, oh, Derek Carr could be an MVP candidate. And this is going to happen. They're going to, I think I, t- I texted you this. I think, what was it? Monday or Sunday? I said, the Raiders are going to, I said, the Raiders are going to start out, what was it? Five and two. And then they're going to finish like eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Something like that. But those are my thoughts on all this. Sam, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Um, look, the Steelers, they could only play, especially with those injuries you mentioned, good defense for so long. They had a chance to get in the game. It was only 16 to 14 towards the end of the game. And then their defense, I, I mean, when Big Ben is playing under injury, when guys like Harris, uh, you know, your receivers aren't showing out as much as they should be with the talent that you guys have, it, it's just hard to keep up with the team that's on a roll right now, like the Raiders. So honestly, I'm not surprised that they pulled away with this one. I really wanted to pick the Raiders to win this game. In our predictions, I really should have because it's it's such a – the Raiders and the Steelers are complete opposites where the Steelers always play down uh, to their competition and the Raiders always play up to their competition and then lose to bad teams. Um, I, well, I guess it is the same thing then as the Steelers. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of stuck in the spirit situation as a Chiefs fan where, yeah, this could be a Raiders thing that happens every year like it always does where they start off good and tank at the end. I don't know. Derek Carr does look a little different this year. I, I will say he looks closer. This is the closest he's looked to 2016 Derek Carr. And I'm going to be honest, this team is taking me surprise, uh, by surprise offensively and defensively uh, against the Steelers Derek, he, And Derek Carr had that injury scare when I thought he could have broke his leg or something. It, it looked bad. Mm-hmm. He got rolled up on, but we'll see what happens. Because, I mean, I, I there's always that one team every year who no one, who's, no one thinks is going to make the playoffs. They're going to have a good year. And they end up going off and making the playoffs. And there's always that one team who's in, who was in the playoffs last year that falls off, whether because they can't perform the same, just they can't have a repeat performance or just injuries as we saw with the 49ers last year. There's always that one team, but you would know better than me because you're always, 
they're in your division. The Raiders always get off to a hot start and then fizzle out as the season goes on. So just got just one of these stories to keep an eye on for a team that's starting off the season so hot. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll admit that I do think this team looks slightly better than it does did the last two years. I'm not just saying that. I do think there's less glaring flaws in this team so far. Now it's not to say that John Gruden will just do the same thing he does every year, but I don't know. I have to give them credit. I really do. They're in first place in our division. They're the number one seed in the AFC after week two. <laughs> after week two. No, I know. But um, yeah. I, come I back a week eight and we can have a completely different discussion, but exactly. we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Come, let's come back week eight and we'll see how the standings are right now. All right, Chris, 49ers, Eagles. This was a snooze fest, 17-11. The 49ers win. It was pretty much just a defensive battle where the Eagles couldn't get anything done uh, against this 49ers defense. I thought that both teams looked pretty sloppy on offense. I think the 49ers just did enough to hold them off. It, it feels it felt like they weren't even really trying. Garoppolo had a meh day. I mean, nothing, nothing bad, but just nothing special. Um, Debo Samuel, though, I have to give him credit. He, uh, if he keeps this up, he's definitely going to be that uh, number one target uh, alongside Kittle for the 49ers. And I think the, I think the Niners, after you know Samuel was injured last year, I think this is someone to really look out for, especially in your fantasy leagues. Um, so if you don't Debo Samuel, if no one has Debo Samuel, try to pick him up because he's been very good. Yeah, I mean, this is a game when there were a couple. Uh, deep passes by J- Jalen Hurts that impressed me, but I think one of them, the receiver stepped out of bounds, and I think the other one was a holding on the offense. I'm not exactly sure, but Hurts made it. Th- I two throws that really stuck out to me. They were like, "Wow, that's good." I think Hurts. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, he has a bright future ahead of him, but the Eagles just look both sides of the ball. I wouldn't even say defense because how low scoring it was, but it was just a bad game for both teams. Really, couldn't get anything going. And because it was, I, I don't even want to say it was a good defensive game as much as I want to say that it was just a bad offensive game. And it goes the same thing. Yeah. Another game we'll get to later, the Cowboys chargers before we get, I can give a little sneak peek how I feel about that. Same exact thing. It wasn't good defense by both teams. It was just bad offense by both teams. And it, it, it applies right here as well. Just bad offense. Yeah, I guess. <sighs> Well, you got to say the Falcons defense and the 49ers defense are two completely different units. So I don't think the Eagles, obviously the Eagles know how good the 49ers defense is, but coming off of the game where you're just obliterating the Falcons, um, they probably went in there a little jumpy uh, with a lot of confidence and slowly got reminded, oh yeah, we played a really shitty defense last week. And you got to figure some other stuff out because it's not going to be the same thing in this game. And I just don't yeah. think Jalen Hurts and the Eagles were ready to face off against this extremely talented 49ers team. Yeah, and once again, it's Jalen Hurts' first complete season. Uh, he went through a full camp as the starting quarterback, even though they all said you're not going to be – it's not guaranteed. We all knew he was going to come out as the starter. Uh, so – it's kind of new territory for him as well. He's he's a leader in that locker room. He's going to be a huge vocal point, and he's really going to determine how good this team is, this Eagles team. Not a lot, a lot of high expectations going in, but I think they can pull up a few upset victories throughout the season. I agree, definitely. Right, now, a game that was closer than a lot of people thought, Browns-Texans. 
Uh, for the Browns, little injury recap, uh, Jarvis Landry just got placed on the IR. And for the Texans, Tyrod Taylor left. He, I think he pulled his hamstring, and he's already been announced out for Thursday. And Deshaun Watson will not be starting. It's going to be Davis Mills. Uh, this game, it, it was interesting. It was like had offense, but there wasn't. It was kind of just like under the radar, Sam. I don't know if you would agree with that. It was, uh, it was like uh, the Texans are doing this weird thing again where they actually look good, but then they can only do it for so long. I mean, plus the Tyrod Taylor injury didn't help at all. Um, but yeah, they can only do it for so long because the Browns, no matter what, they're way better than the Texans, uh, especially offensively. So it was kind of one of those games where, you know, hats off to the Texans for staying in it, especially in the first half. But, um, you know, when you have Nick Chubb and guys like Kareem Hunt and just that surrounding cast um, clicking on all cylinders, it, it's going to be hard to just, especially if you're a team like the Texans, to keep up with them the entire game. So we kind of all knew that the Browns were going to pull away at some point and, you know, have a double-digit victory. So I'm not too surprised at the outcome. Although I will give props to Tyrod Taylor, who, before he got injured, 10 of 11, 125 yards and a touchdown. I mean, this is a guy this Texas who... team was hanging in there. It, it was right there. And the Texans, if Tyrod didn't get hurt, this Texas team could have pulled away. I don't think they would have, but they could have. I know. This is what I was saying last week. I, 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 I genuinely do think this could be a frisky team where they, you know, snag a few wins from some teams, maybe get four or five wins, and we're a little bit better than a lot of people thought. But we'll see with Davis Mills. We, we don't know. I mean, Davis Mills, I, I read that because I, I don't know a whole, whole lot about him, but I read that he was a, a, a top high school quarterback prospect coming out of high school, and then he got injured during college, so he got sidelined, and his true potential wasn't really there. So he could have some upside to him. I don't know. I don't know anything, a whole lot about him. I know he went to Stanford and I think he was drafted in that. What was it? The third round, something like that. So we'll see. He's going to be leading this team on Thursday uh, against the Panthers, uh, a, a young defense, but it, it could be if this Texans offense shows out like it has the last two weeks, it could be an offensive shootout. I don't really know. I feel like I'm getting a little ahead of myself right now, but it's one of those Thursday night games that it just feels like it could be a blowout scenario. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But on the, on the Brown side of the ball, I mean, Nick Chubb, he's absolutely unstoppable. These last two weeks, um, I think he's averaged. I don't, I don't know what he averaged in the chiefs game. It's gotta be at least five yards, but in this game, he averaged 8.6 yards per carry. I mean, the Browns just look unstoppable in the, uh, in the ground game. I, I'm going to be curious to see what the Browns do when they play a team that's very uh, uh, dependent on their run defense. Um, I still think they're going to be good, but I think I think Browns fans, even if this game is a little weird and close at times, they have a lot to look forward to. I think it was good that they stepped it up, especially offensively, um, and kept their shit together in the second half, pulled away, and looked good this week. Uh, to go up to one and one like they should definitely i mean we see the first two weeks of the season still have a lot of stuff to work out um and nick chubb against the chief sam he had 15 attempts and he had 83 rushing yards what's the average on that i'm so bad at math uh 5.5 yeah there you go although we'll get to the chiefs in a second in a little bit i'm not surprised 
All right, Chris. Broncos, Jaguars. We could pretty much go through this game quickly. 23 to 13. The Broncos go to 2 and 0, and the Jags go to 0 and 2. Although the Broncos, um, who did the Broncos play in week one? The Jets? The Giants. The Giants. Okay, same thing. I mean, they played the Giants and the Jaguars. So I'm not going to give the Broncos too many props. Although I will say Teddy Bridgewater, yes, he has surprised me so far. I, Teddy Bridgewater is one of those quarterbacks where I didn't even think he could throw for 300 yards, but he did it. 328 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Cortland Sutton was a monster, 159 uh, yards on nine receptions. But other than that, I guess the main story here is Trevor Lawrence still struggling. He had two picks and only seven points from the offense, plus a kickoff return for a touchdown. So the Jags might be looking at a battle probably with the Jets for the number one pick if this keeps up. I mean, the Jags are just a mess. I mean, I feel like I have a couple more comments about this than than most people. I have to say, I think the Broncos, they're coming out, starting out hot. They beat two not-so-good football teams. All right, a, w- a win's a win. The Jaguar side, um, Sam, you can tell me if I'm crazy or not. I think that the Jaguars... They got to get rid of Urban Meyer sooner than later. I'm sticking to that. There was that report that came out that people were disgruntled with his attitude. And then college coaches necessarily don't have the best uh, history in the NFL. We look at Nick Saban. He was a former coach in the NFL and he didn't have the great success in the NFL. But in college, he is known as unanimously, I would say, the best college football coach. So you look at that and it's two totally different things. College, you're coaching kids. Okay. Some of these kids are going to go on and play professionally. And some of them are going to play their four years and then they're going to go out and and get, and get jobs and never pick up football ever again. But in the NFL, you have guys who have families and this is all they know. Uh, Now these guys are making millions of dollars. It's not like college when you're coaching kids, you were coaching grown adults. Some of these guys, depending on, how old you are could, could be older than you were around the same age as you like Sean McVay. He's a, he's a young guy and he's co- and he's played against people, in the NFL that are older than him. So this is one of the things that urban Meyer, I don't know if he can keep control of a locker room full of, full of legit grown men. That's my thing. And you have the reports, you see how bad this team's looked. He could lose the locker room sooner than later. And I think this is bad. Cause it's like I said, when you have a, a rookie, a, any rookie, but a rookie with this type of talent, like Trevor Lawrence, you can't have him in this type of situation, sort of like a, a Sam Darnold type of thing. When you're, when it's a bad, bad coaches uh, and the coaches are always switching, you need to have the right guy there. Cause this could really affect Lawrence's development in the NFL came out of college, ton of potential. Uh, his potential was unlimited basically everyone's like oh he's a generational talent future hall of famer and then you have this when i understand he's a rookie but he just doesn't look good and i'm putting the blame on urban meyer more than anyone else yeah i 100 percent agree with you uh it's got it's got to be the coaching because there's teams out there like the lions um that are still putting up points um with that roster I mean, the fact that you only put up – I don't care what defense you're playing. You only put up seven offensive points due to one nice throw by Trevor Lawrence in one drive. I mean, you have James Robinson. You have Marvin Jones. You have DJ Shark. You have LaVisca Chenault. I it's, mean, not like they don't, there. it's not like they don't have guys that can do stuff. 
But LaVishka Chanel also did get injured, but still they do have, it's like you said, they have playmakers on that team. They don't have that alpha number one wide receiver, but they have a bunch of good offensive playmakers. And it's just no, it's no excuse. Honestly, I just don't see because I get it. Trevor Lawrence is going to throw interceptions. That's fine. Whatever. I'm not even asking you guys to win the game. It's just to look this show something. Yeah, it's just something. I mean, it's just awful, honestly. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I think some of it could be a little bit of a welcome to the NFL for Trevor Lawrence. The speed and everything is way quicker than college. But at the same time, uh, I just find it hard not to put a lot of this blame on Urban Meyer. Yeah. I, right. I really wouldn't be surprised if they make a coaching change halfway through the season. <laughs> Maybe. I, that would be pretty uh... – I don't think that's really happens in the coach's first year. I mean, even Hugh Jackson went through a whole 0-16 season, so we'll see. I don't know. It's just something like, oh, something's just telling me I could see that happening. Maybe. All right, Chris, we got to move on. Panthers Saints, 26-7 to in the Panthers' favor. They go to 2-0. Chris, um, I guess the main thing is here, thoughts on Jameis Winston's complete opposite yeah, game. I, I, I think it was kind of just – it kind of had to happen last week. Jameis Winston goes out and looks really good in his first game after not seeing him play for a while. All the questions are, is he going to be turning the ball over? And he doesn't do that. He goes out there, throws 500, 500, five touchdown passes, and <laughs> he doesn't have the craziest yardage throw, the yardage game as of passing, but he goes out there and he looks like a quarterback that is changed. And then you come here, you fast forward a week against the Panthers, and he looks like his same old Tampa Bay Buccaneer Jameis winced himself uh, throwing multiple uh, interceptions. He threw two. He only had 111 passing yards and the Saints offense only had one touchdown that Jameis ran into the end zone. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty pointless because I think the Panthers now in their first two games in the first half, each have shut out their opponent, which props to them. I got to give it to them, but, um, it was one of those – I don't know if I want to call it a trap game because it's only week two, but I think the Saints were coming in after, you know, demolishing the Packers, thinking, all right, Panthers, I think we should have this one in the bag. But, I mean, I got to say, the Panthers right now, with Sam Darnold looking like how he is, I mean, I just got to give them props. And especially their especially their defense has been looking uh, quite stellar these two weeks. So I got to give, you know, the coaching staff what they've built here in Carolina. I think not enough people have been talking about it because they just want to see how Sam Darnold's going to do. But so far uh, they look uh, maybe like a playoff team. I I don't know because they did play the Jets last week, which doesn't really count. But yeah, Jameis Winston threw two horrible interceptions. Alvin Kamara was just non-existent. Eight carries for five yards. So I don't know what the hell happened there, but props to the Panthers, really. Yeah, I mean, one more thing. I mean, I was always high on Sam Darnold when he was coming out of USC. Uh, He just went to a bad situation like the Jets, and now he always had a lot of talent. And then you get him on a team like the Panthers, who Matt Rule is their coach, consistent head coach. Uh, The players and everyone around him seems to to love the guy, and then you get weapons around him. He reconnects with his old pal, Robbie Anderson. He has the best back in the league, Christian McCaffrey, who – He's just he's just not going to get it done on the ground. He will get it done through the air. He's a threat every week to have 100 rushing, 100 pass, 100 rushing, 100 receiving yards. That's why that's why he is the unanimous number one pick in any fantasy league. And then you have DJ Moore, another playmaker. So right there between 
Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, McCaffrey. Those are three guys that you surrounded by Sam Darnold. This is a young, fun team to watch. I mean, Chris, I know as a Steelers fan, you would probably swap the offenses of the Panthers and the Steelers in a heartbeat. I mean, this this offense oh, oh, is yeah. super underrated. You you swap the offense of these two teams with this on the Steelers, and I don't think it's out of the question that you could see the uh, the Steelers winning. I think I don't know ten to thirteen games. I think is a legit possibility, especially you pair it with that defense. Mm-hmm. It's like I was saying. It's like the 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 offense back when it had Bell and Brown. You have that offense with the Steelers defense, and they could legit go. 16 and oh i felt with, with the amount of firepower and then the defense but you know we're living in a fantasy land now we're not we're not making ultimate teams on that and this, this is real life but yeah with this game it, maybe the same it, 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 it would be it would be fun to uh to, to dream of something like that though wouldn't it yeah yeah maybe maybe the saints are just one of those fluky teams this year <laughs> they're just gonna be consistent maybe i don't know but let's move on rams colts pretty good game the Rams sneak out of there, um, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Um, Chris, what did you think? Uh, the Rams, they are, they're legit. I don't really think there wasn't a doubt in my mind, but this Rams team looks really good. Cooper Cup seems to be Matt Stafford's favorite target. My brother was telling me that he heard something saying that Matt Stafford uh, and Cooper Cup get together. I think like Goes every morning at like six a.m. Yeah. and so it's not something crazy, and they just uh-huh. run routes. So it's even like in the past, it was Cooper Cup would be like wide receiver 1A, Woods would be 1B one week, and they kind of flip-flop. But from what the reports I'm hearing now, it seems like Cooper Cup could be the wide receiver 1 and Woods might be falling to the wide receiver 2. Yes, it is the first two weeks. I don't think that Woods is going to not have any any weeks like this. He will have weeks like this. This team is explosive. But I think so far, what we've seen, the amount of volume that Cooper Cup's getting, this could be a, he has potential to be that wide receiver that goes off almost every week. It's like 2019, we had Michael Thomas. And then last year, we had Devontae Adams. And then this year, could it be Cooper Cup? Could it be Tyler Lockett? Who, who, who's it going to be? Yeah, and uh, you spoke perfectly for the Rams there in this game. And I'll kind of flip to the Colts side where if you're a Colts fan listening right now, I honestly wouldn't be too worried. You guys kind of got screwed playing Seahawks and Rams first two weeks of the season. If you're worried about Carson Wentz, yeah. He has two still sprained those, ankles. Yeah, bat. <laughs> That's a big one. And, yeah, there's still some things he does that he did at Philly that might worry you, you know, the way he kind of tries to get out of pressure, maybe hit some throws in there that he shouldn't, but – Honestly, I don't think Wentz is an issue at the moment. I have to say, even though he did give up 27 points, I think your defense played a lot better than they did against the Seahawks. There were actually moments in this game, finally, for the Colts, where it felt like they had a chance to take control and, you know, end out this game. But, you know, if you're a Colts fan, you gotta you got to remember, the Rams, they're in Super Bowl contention. They can very well go to the Super Bowl this year. So to almost speak out with a win, you guys are up, what, 24 to 20 in the fourth, I believe, maybe. And, you know, you guys were looking good uh, this Sunday. So I wouldn't be too mad if I were the Colts. Your schedule's going to get easier. Um, the Titans, you know, you're probably going to be competing with the Titans for the division. So I, I really wouldn't worry. And uh, Michael Pittman, I think we were asking last week, Who's going to be that number one receiver? I know you wanted to see Pittman finally come out. He had eight catches, 123 yards. So 
that's looking up for the Colts. But um, both teams, I think, are solid. I think the Rams are definitely in Super Bowl contention with Stafford looking as good as he ever has and the connection with Cooper Cup. I thought it was overall a very good game back and forth and uh, exciting to watch. It was. The only thing missing from Michael Pittman's stat line was a touchdown. I feel like I'm the Michael Pittman whisperer. Complained about how I had him on my drafting's team last week, and he didn't do anything. And then this week he was off for 123 yards. But he didn't have that touchdown. But, you know, this Colts team, it's like you said, they played two very tough teams. Um, and they will be playing some easier competition as the season goes on. And it's like I'm going to be saying, it's week two. There's no yeah. need to panic already. Exactly. But I, I, I did really enjoy watching this game. I thought it was a... Oh, I did too. Cool. It was a lot of fun. But a team that had some stuff to panic about, this Miami Dolphins team, yeah. Tua Valoa, red zone randomly cut the Tua limping to the sideline. It turns out he has a rib injury. Don't know if that's going to sideline him for long or... <laughs> I don't know what that, how that equates to a limp. <laughs> but... I thought he hurt his like knee or something. Then it comes out for yeah, yeah. F- for ribs. But who knows if he's going to miss any time at all. If he does miss time, how long is it going to be? His status is questionable right now. The Bills, Josh Allen, he didn't have a crazy throwing day. You would think if you see the Bills putting up 35 points, and it was a shutout, by the way, 35 nothing. But if you if you, I would think if the Bills scored 35 points, I would think Josh Allen would have at least 300 passing yards and four touchdowns. No, they had a, he had only 179 passing yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Devin Singletary got into the end zone on, on a long run. And then Zach Moss had two goal line runs. Yeah, Zach Moss like that goal line guy. When if they're down there at like the one yard line and you have Devin Singletary on your fantasy team, you could get screwed because Zach Moss could always find himself yeah. running it in or J- Josh Allen could do a little, little QB sneak. So um, one of those things that if there's two long runs weren't there, maybe Josh Allen gets almost at 300 another passing touchdown who knows but this bills team uh no one really had to go off at all stefan Diggs. i know people are sitting here waiting for when that explosion game is going to happen four catches 60 yards and a touchdown calm down it's coming the season plenty of time no need to panic it's only it's only week two yeah for us uh josh allen fantasy owners first two weeks have been a little disappointing i hate that they called back that rushing touchdown at the end of the game because like his knee he, like he slid too early into the end zone it that was off, so stupid that was so stupid it really pissed me off but uh for the dolphins man i mean i get it Tua injured which by the way chris we've been having the debate the last year and a half uh how important is Tua to this team maybe this will start showing it i don't know but oh zero points Really? You couldn't even get into field goal range? I know there was like fumbles aplenty in this game, just weird tur- turnovers and mistakes, but to put up zero in your first home game when you're supposed to be a playoff team, even though Tua got injured, that, that's that's tough, honestly. You have Jacoby Brissett. I know he's a veteran, but it's Jacoby Brissett, this and that. But so not, not not even a field goal. I mean, I guess one of the positives, Jalen Waddle, he looked he, he looked pretty good. The rookie. He's getting targets. I, out of Alabama, six receptions, 48 yards. He was getting looks. It wasn't like they were just like a bunch of headless chickens out there. They were at least being able to, to, to try and be productive at least. Yeah. I just, I just always remember this game uh, getting cut to and the Dolphins just making a, a, a weird mistake, like a fumble. But 
I mean, uh, I don't know who the Dolphins play next week, but this is something you just got to put behind you, hope Tua's okay, and uh, move on. Yeah, the Dolphins really quick. They play <laughs> They play the Raiders next week. Oh, great. Well, as a Chiefs fan, that sucks because uh, – you know what? No, 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 no. This would somehow be the game now where the Raiders just lose and mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett just plays well. Who knows, honestly. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett or not, it just feels like that. I mean – Hey, the Raiders five and two finish off eight and nine. There you go. All right, Chris, I'm taking the under on one minute talking about this game. It's Patriots Jets 25 to six. Yeah. Patriots win. Mac Jones looked good enough to carry their team to a win. He didn't um, even have Zach to Wilson do anything. Sucks. He has he had four interceptions, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, Bill Belichick, we all know the stats against with him versus a rookie quarterback. I think he's undefeated if, if yeah, he has maybe one loss but he always shuts down rookie uh he always shuts down rookie quarterbacks uh zach wilson four interceptions and i think three of them there was not even a receiver in the frame yeah he looked he looked horrid this is gonna Corey davis he had a good week one but i think his fantasy value is gonna go down simply because zach wilson can't get the ball to anyone uh, patriots defense did did well and that's really about it Jets looked bad. Patriots didn't even have to do anything because the defense did everything for them. Yep. Wilson, uh, we'll see you on the Falcons in three years. All right. Next game. (laughs) (laughs) Bengals, Bears. The Bears sneak out of this 20 to 17. However, Andy Dalton goes down and Justin Fields comes in. And Justin Fields didn't look that good, but it's not like he was preparing to step in. But I know you should always be ready. Uh, just a very ugly game. Joe Burrow throws three interceptions and the Bengals almost still win. Another one of the picks I had that it was this close. A lot of close games this week that I, a lot yeah. of teams I picked that lost and it was close. A weird uh, stat with this game. I remember Scott Hansen like just going nuts over it. it was Joe Burrow's three interceptions came three consecutive passes in a row. So if you really eliminate those three consecutive passes, I think the Bengals could have had a great chance to win this game because it was a defensive slugfest for most of the game until, you know, the second half. We barely saw this game on red zone in the first half. It was very, very boring. But then out of nowhere, um, after the Burrow pick six, he did throw pick six, which I think made it 20 to three uh, in the Bears' favor. And then Burrow's just like, Oh, yeah, that's right. I have Jamar Chase. Let me just chuck it up 50 yards to him. Boom, touchdown. Oh, look at that. Um, we could play defense finally. Let's pick up Justin Fields. Boom, touchdown. T. Higgins here within three points. But then, of course, the Bengals have to do what they always do and uh, just lose at the end of the game by letting David Montgomery Boyd and Higgins. Them. I think oh, who the Boyd or Higgins, one of them fumbled. Yeah, it, it, was, it was. Yeah, it was one of them. I mean, they just made a lot of mistakes this game, the Bengals. I think if yeah. they just got to clean up their own mistakes, they could have won this game. Oh, yeah. I don't if think they clean the mistakes, they win. They win. Yeah. The Bears defense, but, uh, look, they'll always be good in some games, but uh, offensively, I'm not going to give them any props. David Montgomery and Robinson are the only bright spots, even though Robinson only had two catches. So, yeah, it's really just about the Bengals in this game. Um, Burrow, you just got to clean it up, and you could have won. I mean, uh, two more things, just simply kind of fantasy type of things. Jamar Chase, yeah, I know he has two touchdowns, a good fa- two good fantasy games, but it's came from, what, two deep balls? Say, yeah, if, Jamar Chase does, say if Jamar Chase doesn't get targeted on, the, on those or uh, get, get touchdowns on those, 
no one's really sitting here talking about him, I would say. You know what? It's, it's hard to say that because there's guys out there like a Will Fuller or Henry Ruggs yeah, or I even mean, Deshaun Jackson a few years ago where those big play, those plays matter. So you can't just say – It's the thing. It's like – Maybe that's yeah, a it's shit, like, you, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like I'm sitting – now – you know, I'm saying like if it didn't happen, this and that. Well, you know what? You know what, Chris? It did happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. But I'm just saying, in another universe, if it didn't happen, we wouldn't be sitting here being like, "Oh, Jamar Chase, two good fantasy games, something like that." You know what I'm trying to say? Well, we we also and can't then be doing no, those it, scenarios because yeah, what didn't we happen. can't not say that. But at the same time, it's just something I, I like to look at, thinking from like, I guess a DFS point of view, say like, "Oh, if you didn't pull that in, then." his ownership won't be like that. Something like that. It's kind of like where my mind goes with that. Which yeah. is a couple of different thought about thinking. And then David Montgomery, 20 carries. You have a rookie quarterback in there. You're going to be running the ball more. You're not going to let him be as loose as say an experienced quarterback, like a Goff mm-hmm. or a Kyler Murray. Not going, to, not going to let them air out the ball as much. You're going to try and keep it on the ground. Exactly. But I, I think we can move on from this game and go to, Bucks Falcons. I don't think we really need to spend too much time on this. I think no, Matt's, it was uh, I, the funniest stat of the day. Uh, here, Sam, I'm going to pull it up. You give your thoughts. All right. So the final score 48 to 25. The Bucks win convincingly. Um, there was a point where the game was actually close. Um, I wouldn't say the Falcons played too bad on offense. I liked how they played. Besides the Matt Ryan three interceptions with two pick sixes, <laughs> that's definitely uh, a hindrance in their offense. But besides that, I, w- I will say uh, Ridley and Pitts both picked it up this week. Um, they were in it for you know some of the game, but the Bucks. I mean, Tom Brady five touchdowns. Are, are we going to do this every week? Are we going to say he's getting younger? We know how it is at this point. The Bucks love scoring. They're going to be amazing on offense. That's the end of the story. So, honestly, not surprised at this score. And, yeah, that's about it for me. Here's the uh, statistic. The passing touchdown leaders for Matt, St- for, not Matt Stafford, for Matt Ryan this year are Mike Edwards, two, Calvin Ridley, one, and Cordell Patterson, one. And Mike Edwards doesn't even play for the Falcons. He threw both pick sixes to Mike Edwards, a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. What you mean, number one fantasy? No, no, I'm saying his uh, Matt, like the touchdown leaders for like the touchdown passes Matt Ryan has oh thrown this God, year. Who has the most? And it's the bucket. It's not even a guy on the team. It's the <laughs> Buccaneers defender, Mike <laughs> Edwards. Okay. Uh, pretty ugly. The Falcons. Um, yeah, he didn't come into the season expecting a playoff aspirations. No, no playoff hope. But I don't think you guys thought it was going to be this ugly. Matt Matt Ryan does not look good so far. Uh, this season, Although, I do admire his um, his grit to go in and just completely, you know, run into the middle of the defense on a two point conversion and flip over the defenders <laughs> to get two points. I did like that play from him. I, I I do respect that. I do respect that a lot. He's like he's like fuck it. I'm old. Like I got nothing else to lose. Let's just do it. Yeah, I mean. Uh... That is true, uh, Sam. I think we can move on to our to our next game. A nice little uh, shootout in in the desert. <sighs> okay, so um, Max, let's talk about my brother. <laughs> he was home. I picked the Vikings to win. This weekend, I picked the Vikings to win. He was home this weekend, 
and he was catching the beginning of this game when the Vikings, I believe, were up 21 to 7. And then, of course, he had to get on a plane. And the way he found out that the Vikings lost on a missed kick was from me. <laughs> and I had to text him. This is the first thing he had to see when he got off the plane is a text from me that read exactly. Hold on, let me pull it up. Um, let's see. He definitely responded with Vikings like, just um, missed a field goal to lose. Greg Joseph sucks. I can't believe this. And he goes, <laughs> effing Christ. Dude sucks. Hey, you, you know what? The Vikings, Vikings fans, at least this time your missed field goal wasn't in the playoffs. <sighs> I you know what? I guess I feel bad for the Vikings fans. I don't I don't care if it's the playoffs or not. It's gotta hurt every single time. Oh yeah. A missed field goal there. in general just hurts, but and you know they have no confidence that it was going to work. I mean, and just to see it in that result every time. I mean, the Vikings, they actually looked good this game on offense. Not defense, but on offense. No, this, this, there was no defense play. Touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 131 yards rushing. KJ Dal- Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook randomly just got hurt three times this game and I know he still has 130. I'm like, I feel like that after every happens. play, it was like, Oh, the training staff is out with Dalvin cook. He's grabbing his knee, grabbing his ankle, grabbing his arm, this and that. And it's like, Oh, they might just hold him out. But no, he, he, he's right there. That honestly, I bet all that like every year. I bet if you are an Alexander Madison owner uh, or a waiver wire, or a Hawk, you're, you're sitting there like, like, Oh, I'm going to pick it. This guy, I'm going to pick him up this week. But nope, Dalvin Cook's in the game, and it looks like they're going to have to wait for their time to shine another time. And the Vikings, they always find their way to get another receiver. They got K.J. Osborne now leading with 91 yards and a touchdown. Jefferson Thielen also had a touchdown. So that wasn't the issue. Obviously, one was the missed kick, but then their defense. I mean, I don't even know if it's their defense or the fact that no one at this point could stop Kyler Murray, 400 yards, three touchdowns. Give oh. the two picks, but I think that was because Rondale he was getting more. Yeah. Ron, Rondell Moore, man. He Rookie wide receiver. Game. He looked Seven good. catches, 114 yards, one touchdown. There's always a wide receiver that doesn't get picked in the first round that uh, has a coming out party early in the rookie season, and this might be the guy, honestly. I mean, his moves in space. Have you, did you see some of the moves he made on some guys and his uh, mixed with his speed as well? I mean, it was honestly very impressive. So the Cardinals offense, like we said last week, this is something to look out for for the entire season. I, I really like they're, they're getting AJ Green on the mix. I mean, this wide receiver room is is a pretty scary one. I mean, you have DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. who is arguably the best receiver in the league. And you have this rookie Rondell Moore, who had his uh, breakout game last week. And then you have Christian Kirk, who, ran, who will randomly just go off uh, some weeks. And you have AJ Green, who's going to be a great mentor for, for these for, for Rondale Moore, it's a nice uh, mix of, of of older guys and and younger guys who, can, who are going to be able to get mentored. So, and you have Hopkins still in his prime, who's who's an experienced vet. This this Cardinals team is it's kind of making my uh, prediction look pretty bad earlier in the year about saying that they're not going to be too good. Yeah, you also have the Vikings have right, to win this game, so that missed field goal would have been tough. And yeah, I, I mean, Cardinals listen. <laughs> I had I had the Giants who lost on the field goal. I had the Vikings lost on a field goal. I had the Bengals who threw three interceptions and almost won. Then I had the Chiefs who lost on that fumble. A lot of stuff that just I couldn't catch a break. 
you know, definitely tough. All right, Chris, another close game. One that ended in overtime on a field goal that actually went in is Titans-Seahawks. The Titans come out 33-30. to The main thing here, we'll get to the overtime in a second, but the main player here obviously is Derrick Henry. He had a quiet first half, but he ended off with 35 carries, 182 yards and three touchdowns, plus his career-high six receptions with 55 yards. Absolutely unstoppable. Not to mention that Julio Jones also had a day. So this Titans offense made a big comeback from last week and looked really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not even uh, December yet, and D. Hember's already putting in work. Uh, we're at just, the backstretch of good. September. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry, no, it's hard in that first half. Seattle, Seattle was hard. It's like my word of the day th- this episode. Um, it's like Tennessee, unless Derrick Henry has one of these games, they just don't look good. I mean, well, last week they didn't look good. And then you have this week when the first half was brutal. And then Derrick Henry had, I think it was like a 20 yard rushing touchdown and breaks two tackles. And then it's like, oh, he's going to get cooking. And then he has three touchdowns, um, 182 yards. And, uh, and another thing is he caught six passes. That's a career high. This is a very small sample size of one week. But if he could catch, I'll say anywhere between three and six balls a game, he could be like CMC on roids. If he has a mm-hmm. game when he breaks out for, say, uh, like 180 rushing yards, which he can do that any week, 180 rushing yards, six catches for 55 yards, he's going to score a ton of fantasy points, and he can he can finish off as the RB1 this year. Agreed. And I also don't need, think but, anyone. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, for fantasy wise, if Henry doesn't catch uh, passes, he won't finish as the RB one because say if Henry has only 50 rushing yards a game, okay. 50 rushing yards next week. And he has yeah. no passes and, and no catches. That's five fantasy points. While say if he has 50 rushing yards on the ground, but then he has uh, five catches for, 50 yards the receipt that's that's 10 points through the air right there that's a a 15 point fantasy game exactly and like i was going to say the ppr league i i don't think anyone was expecting the titans to come back after that first half i mean it was what 24 to 9 at one point in the game and derrick henry wasn't looking good Tannehill wasn't looking great but um i gotta give it to the titans uh, they have that. They have that toughness of Mike Vrabel on the sideline, and they they tightened up, no pun intended, and they started to look really good. And the Seahawks kind of just collapsed. Uh, I will say the Seahawks looked good on offense once again. Russell Wilson over 300 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett had one of those long, you know, touchdown catches again. DK Metcalf looked okay, but um, I think it really just came down to Derrick Henry, and then also what happened in overtime. Now, I actually was not watching the play that happened that everyone was talking about where Russell Wilson was in the grasp. What, what oh was the argument gosh. that was going on? Yeah, so there were there were two plays here. One, the Julio Jones play. When he came down in the end zone, his toe hit first, but then they said when he put oh, his yeah. foot down, there's that. Apparently, that's a rule. Like, you can drag your toe out of bounds, like inbounds and out, and it's a touchdown. But if your toe's inbounds and your heel comes out, out of bounds, it's not a touchdown, but his, his, when his foot came down, they said he was out of bounds, but he was actually inbounds. So right there, that's a touchdown that they took away from them. And then an overtime, 
Russell Wilson's trying to scramble. He's in the end zone. And I don't know who the Titans defender was wrapped up Russell Wilson, but the ref said he was down at the one when he, when he was clearly in the end zone and there was a safety. So they took eight points away from the Titans right there. You got to go on YouTube after, after this episode and, uh, and look at it. I'm like, all right, that's game. Yeah. Safe. It it was a safety right there. I don't know how the ref didn't call it a safety. He clearly wasn't down at the one he's spinning in the end zone. I mean, if the Titans would have lost that game, that would have been the main story of the game, but luckily they still came out with a win, but yeah, Yeah, I did watch that after and I was like, okay, yeah, he's definitely, that should have been the safety. If the Titans lost and those two calls still happened, if I was a Titans fan, I would have been pissed because I know. You, you got robbed and not once, but twice. Just just but, unreal. Unreal endings. Yeah, th- th- this Titans defense is bad. It's a bad defense. Yep. All right, Chris, our final four o'clock game. Cowboys Chargers, another close one, but a pretty boring one for the most part, especially in the second half. It was 20 to 17. Another game-winning field goal, but in the in Cowboys' favor, um, Greg Zerline hits it, and uh, yeah, what did you think? Yeah, it was just like, what, what was the game we had earlier? It was, oh, what was the game when I said it was, oh, 49ers-Eagles. It was, a, it was another one of those games that it wasn't great defense. It was more so bad offense. I think this game was the had the highest implied uh, total on the slate. I think it was... 55 and a half 56 and a half I don't or was it 54 and a half I don't remember exactly what it was but I want to say it was the highest in the slate and it ends up completely flopping um there were a lot of red zone sacks that took away touchdowns uh penalties it was just a sloppy game offensively uh I think we all pretty much know that the Cowboys don't have a great defense and they end up looking like they have a good defense here but that's because it wasn't good defense. It was bad offense. That's really my, my big takeaway from this. It was just a bad game from from both sides of the ball on both, for both teams. Now, I know Herbert threw the two interceptions, which didn't help, but it's very weird to me that all these players had these nice days on the Chargers, especially against this Cowboys defense, and they still only put up 17 points. I mean, that one Herbert throw to Eckler in the middle of two guys just right in his hands like absolutely incredible throw. I mean, he was gunning it so many times this game. And I really thought the Chargers were going to have this since the Cowboys offense also slowed down after the first half. But um, yeah, it was weird. Every time I saw red zone, it just, it just seemed like the Chargers were making nice plays, but to only come up with 17 at home against an opponent with a bad defense, like the Cowboys. Um, it was a letdown. It was a letdown. Yeah, it was a letdown. So Kind of a rough loss. I'm not complaining because I don't like the Chargers, but if I were a Chargers fan, I'd be like, hey, you know, some of the, a lot of these players look good, but not the outcome I wanted. Just a very weird game, especially in the second half. And, and a weird game offensively for the Cowboys, um, especially for Zeke. He did have 71 yards and a touchdown, but Tony Pollard completely outplayed him, 109 yards and a touchdown. So that's, that's kind of a weird situation you got going on on the Cowboys, but – I thought they looked really, really good and unstoppable in the first quarter. I think they were up, yeah. what, 14 nothing, and then they just didn't do anything. Yeah, it was 14 nothing Coming out of there with the win. Yeah, uh, one, one more thing. I'm glad you actually brought up that Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott thing, because that's something I was, I was uh, texting some people about. I'm saying, I think uh, Jerry Jones, that long season, Ezekiel Elliott's not going to 
again, like the bulk of the work like he uh, like he used to. But I think that's kind of a cover up. I don't think Ezekiel Elliott is the same anymore. I think it's like just typical running back that wear and tear takes a toll and they just don't and they're just not able to perform. And now you're, you're going out and you're going to say that, oh, it's a long season, this and that. I understand an extra game uh, and the type of wear and tear just one game has on your body. But even the plays when, it, when Zeke does have the ball, he just doesn't look the same. I think Tony Pollard could potentially be taking over this Cowboys uh, number one running back type of spot. It's How many something years that I want. Do the Cowboys have left with Zeke on his contract? I know he signed in a he signed in a, a, a six year ninety million uh, contract extension, Jeez. but I, for, I forgot. I forgot when that was. Um, That's rough because he could have been he could have easily been some good trade bait if they really like Pollard here and Pollard keeps showing up, but that's that's a tough contract to handle. It really is. Okay, let, let me actually pull up his. You're gonna have a lot of dead cap if you want to get rid of him. Because it's actually funny because I was looking at this after the game. His contract, six-year, ninety million extension before the twenty nineteen season. His twelve point four million base salary for next season, that'd be twenty twenty, was already guaranteed. His cap number will jump from eighteen point two million in twenty twenty two and sixteen point seven million in twenty twenty three. I mean, just absolutely what a waste! What a waste! I mean, this is why people say you don't pay running backs right here we we could be a little bit ahead of ourselves here i understand you want to pass against that going back to week one you want to pass against tampa bay you don't want to run because that front seven is scary and you're not going to accomplish much on the ground versus them but even this game against the chargers uh he just didn't look the same pollard was making the big plays i mean zeke was getting more work but it was still like pollard was uh would be way more productive than him they were utilizing him more freely allowing him to do more and just something to uh, keep an eye on for the remainder of the, of the season. Yeah. All right, Chris, I'll get my thoughts out of the way for this game because I have a lot of them. It's the Sunday night game. Chiefs Ravens, Ravens 36, Chiefs 35. Okay. Uh, where do I start? I guess I will start um, defensively because holy shit, was that a nightmare? absolute nightmare if if you want to compare this team to 2018 i don't even think that's fair to the 2018 defense because this was just god awful i mean our run defense i I believe we're giving up at least seven yards of carry uh this season so far which is probably in the historically bad category it's just been a mess to just watch teams run all over us yes i do know the ravens and the browns are one of the two best rushing teams in the league right now but to not even it doesn't even feel like we even have a chance on any play I mean we were even letting Lamar Jackson toss it around it was just awful I mean Tyron Matthew was carrying our whole defense he was even he was the only reason why he was even close with the pick six he should have should have even had three interceptions he had two but I mean it was it was just horrible to watch this team you know, the Ravens run over the Chiefs defense. I mean, Chris Jones, the experiment of him being a defensive end is just not working right now. Um, Frank Clark was non-existent this game. Jerron Reed, non-existent. Our linebackers. I mean, we have our rookie, Nick Bolton. If you want to hear a funny stat, the pick that we traded away at number 31 overall was to the Ravens to get Jason Oa, who's the guy that made Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this game fumble. 
And our first pick was Nick Bolton, who looked horrible this game. So if you want to say we lost that trade, I would definitely agree with you guys. But, um, yeah, defensively, just terrible. To watch Lamar Jackson effortlessly drive it down the field every every drive, it was just horrendous. But going to the end of the game here, where the Chiefs had a chance to kick a few goals to win it, which I personally thought it was a better idea to put it in Mahomes' hands and let them try to score a touchdown. I get it. You don't want to give the ball back to the Ravens, risk, you know, incompletions or an interception. You want to run that clock out. But to put it in a guy's hands that hadn't – he just didn't do shit the entire game when Mahomes was clicking on all cylinders the entire game, just a very disappointing ending. I mean, just to watch that fumble, that's going to haunt me for a while. And it it was a very tough game to watch. We did have – yeah, that's the worst part. We did have control offensively for the entire game. I mean – we were up by 11 points for most of the game. And, I mean, just to watch us blow it like that at the end, have the chance to win the game and fumble it away, that's not even the main reason why we lost. I mean, there was just so many glaring flaws on this team. Uh, it, yeah, it was just really hard to watch. And, uh, you know, I'm glad it was only in week two. It wasn't a playoff game. Uh, I'll, I'll give props to the Ravens because, you know, they finally got the win against the Chiefs that they wanted. But, Honestly, I can't hang my head too low. We still looked good uh, for a lot of parts of the game. It's only week two, and uh, we have a lot of season left to play. So I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be too depressed. But it was definitely hard to watch. I mean, the the thing is, I know you were very high on this Chiefs defense coming into the year, saying it could be one of the I best was, defenses you guys ha- had in a while. And it's it's two weeks, like you said. There's really no reason to be upset. But the thing is, the Chiefs they obviously you would know way more than me being how closely you follow them and you're a fan, but the chiefs uh, these last few seasons never really had a top defense or one to really, I'd say be, be scared of. And, but mm-hmm. the thing is that the chiefs, they have Mahomes, So it's not even like they need to have a good defense because this is the thing with the chiefs. They have, they, you could say, Oh, our offense is good enough that we don't need to have this insane defense, but the chiefs actually have an offense that, can go down and score points every single game that they literally don't need to have a good defense and they can still win games simply because this offense will can and will we've seen it time and time again score on every single possession even if you leave 15 15 seconds is too much time leaving this team's hands uh they were gonna go and win the game if Clyde Edwards Lair did not fumble uh there was what, a minute nine left and, he, and they were going to march in the field and they were going to score. Uh, and it's one of those situations that you can't even say, oh, we, we didn't see it happen. So we don't know if it would have happened. It was going to happen. There was no way Mahomes was going to lose that game. Uh, it's just one of those things that shit like this happens. Uh, you are going to lose some close games like this. They are going to be painful, but you just got to learn from your mistakes and move on. Nothing that Mahomes did wrong. Um, it was just a costly mistake at the end of the game. And I, I know Mahomes lost in September. He threw his first in- interception in September. But, you know, these these perfect statistics have to end at some point. And it sucks that it had to be against the Ravens, a team that I did not want to see win at all. And the Ravens... They had a they had a heartbreaking loss week one. They come back with a big win this time, and 
you know, Ravens fans are going to act like they're headed to the Super Bowl, but they got to calm down. It's only, it's only week two. Everyone needs to yeah. calm down with these, with these insane, these insane predictions of, oh, the season's already over, all oh, this and that. Week two, now it's not 16 games. You have an extra game, 17. So that's an extra week of mayhem, an extra week of who knows what the hell can happen. I think Ravens fans need to get off this high of, oh, we're the best team. We beat the best team in the league, this and that. Um, you got to get off that high, move on to next week. And then the Chiefs, they're going to probably come out and they're going to most likely who to play next week, the Chargers. Yeah, at home. They're most likely going to win that game. Hopefully the Chargers don't disappoint on offense, though. That's the one thing. So both sides, yeah. don't um, Chiefs fans, don't hold your head down. I know it's a, this loss is a very painful loss. And Ravens fans, you got you got to come down there. It's, it's only week two. There's 15 more games of football to be played for both of you guys. Yeah, and just a couple last closing remarks. It'll only take 30 seconds. Um, the things that are keeping my head up is that the only 2-0 teams in the AFC right now are the Raiders and the Broncos. So there's plenty of good AFC teams that are still the same record as the Chiefs, if not worse. So that's fine. And the other thing is in 2019, we went through a lot of adversity. Um, I thought Mahomes might have been out for the entire season. We had some tough losses in there. Um, so, and that was the year we won the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to keep my head down too much. Um, and yeah, with the defense, I really was high on them. Maybe it'll get better. I, I, I genuinely thought the roster improved by a lot, but we'll see what happens. And yeah, Chris, we can move on to the final game. Lions, Packers. Oh, 30. really quick. I, I, I just, cause I feel like it's a, it's a weird amount of teams how that are one and one right now. I just counted. I, I did a quick count. My math, my counting could be off. But I think I counted 18 teams are at the record one and one, which I feel like that's an odd amount right now. It's too many. I feel. That makes for that makes for a good, exciting uh, football season. Like the entire AFC North is all at one and one, which is which is just wild. I know it's only week two, and then you have the AFC East. Three teams are one and one. NFC East. Three teams are one and one. You have the NFC West, which three teams are two and zero. Oh. Um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good season just like every season. Yeah. But uh, moving on to our, our final game, Packers Lions. I'll I'll be quick with this one. The first half was like any primetime game, pretty lackadaisical, pathetic first half, and then wait, the wait, second wait, wait, half. Why? Ma- why? Why? Can I hear you using Rye? Of what? Because I thought that was the only good part of the game. It was seventeen to fourteen. I thought it was actually pretty entertaining. I thought it was no, the I complete mean, opposite flipped. I w- I wouldn't say that it wasn't entertaining. I was just expecting more more scoring from the Packers side. I was kind of let down from the Packers in that first half. I thought they were going to come out and steamroll. I was more let but down. A player, uh, you know who's really let down right now? That better who almost hit that 17-leg parlay. He picked the Lions to win. Or you know what? Just King. pick the You could also be Packers. <laughs> pick the Packers. You sacrifice 100000 You still walk out of there at like 600 k or whatever. I don't even know what the odds of that would have been. But... You know, you're still going to win big with that. If it, I understand it's 17 late, it's a 17 late parlay. You're not going in there saying, oh, this is going to hit. It's what if it could hit, what it could be. I think it was a $25 bet and it almost did hit, which is insane to think that you still got 16 out of 17 correct. And all your faith is on the Lions. But the Packers side, Aaron Jones had a day. He had, th- he had four total touchdowns, one on the ground, three through the air, 67 rushing yards, 48. Uh, receiving yards and it was just it was a great day all around um the packers this is what they needed to be a bad team like the lions and get that win under their belt and 
they had that bounce back victory that they needed. Yeah, I'll give it to the Lions. They showed a lot of heart in the first half. They looked good, but uh, just couldn't keep up with the Packers. And uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, this is exactly like we said in our predictions last week, the game he needed to have, uh, you know, faced off against the Lions at home in prime time to uh, bounce back. So they did what they needed to do. And honestly, there's nothing else for me to say. So we can move on if you if you like. Yeah, I'm down to move on. I mean, it was a fun week. Um, I think week three will be even better. All right, Chris, let's do our rapid fire record uh, or game predictions. We'll just give exactly. Are you going to write this down? Should we write down or are you going to write it down? What I say, or should I just write down? Um, uh... How about you write it down? I'll I'll read off the games. Um, I'll write down for both of us. Sure. I mean, you you can write down for you. I'm pretty good at memorizing. All right. I'll I'll just write that for myself then. All right, here we go. Thursday night, Panthers, Texans. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Panthers, even though I could see randomly, like, just Davis Mills. Oh, that would be so random. That, so random. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with my gut and say the Panthers are going to advance to 3-0. Yeah, the Panthers are going to remain undefeated. If the, Tex- if the Texans actually go with 2-1, that would be hilarious. But Panthers are going to win. It's going to be another good showing for Sam Darnold. I think he can have another 300-yard passing game with two touchdowns through the air, and one of them could be to McCaffrey. Yeah. I think McCaffrey will finally get over 100 rushing yards this game as well. Panthers, I, I think, think it's going to be pretty- 27-17, Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to pretty easily win. I could see it being like 30. I, th- I think it's going to be 35-17. Same exact score as the Monday night game, I think. Or Sunday night. Right. No, wait. Wait, today's Tuesday, Monday, Monday night. night. Jeez, my, my, my days are all off. All right. And then we got the one o'clock games. Chiefs, Chargers. I do think the Chargers could definitely win this game. I think it's going to give me a heart attack on Sunday afternoon. But I'm going to say the Chiefs are going to come out with a game-winning field goal. I'm going to go 30-27, to 27, Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going to say the Chiefs are going to win. I'm going to say it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be like 28 28- to 25 Kansas City I think uh Chiefs are gonna bounce back win Chargers are gonna look much better offensively Chiefs win yeah I just don't see the Chiefs uh uh, limiting Justin Herbert that often but uh we'll move on Cardinals Jags I mean the Cardinals if you don't just beat them by 40 like what are you doing this is this this has to be a Cardinals blowout I'm going I'm going 38 to 10 you know what? I'm gonna say that the Cardinals are gonna win. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's gonna be 40. I'm gonna say Cardinals are gonna score 41 to nine. Okay, interesting. And then I mean, um, we have th- with think about think about it really quick. Who's gonna cover DeAndre Hopkins and the Jaguars? Who is gonna stop him? No one. No one. Nobody. All right, Bears, Browns. Uh, I'm going to go with the Browns. I think it's going to be a low scoring affair. I'm going to go 24 to 16, Browns. Yeah, I'm going to say the Browns are going to win as well. And I think that this Browns team, I think it's going to, they're going to win. Tw- I'm going to say 20 to 14, Cleveland. Okay. And then Washington, Buffalo. I got the Bills winning. 21 to 12. I'm going to say it's going to be Bills are going to win. I think it's, it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be 23 20. 
Okay, and then we got a little divisional matchup. Titans-Colts should be a good one. I'm going to go f- with mm, this one's. Is mm. Carson Wentz going to play? Do I see the Colts starting 0-3? That's the question. I mean, the thing is, for me, it's like if Carson Wentz plays, I think it's it's a totally different outcome than if he doesn't. That's This is one of the things. Like, we could pick the Titans to win and Carson Wentz play. It's so early in the week that they can change. I think... I know. I think. I think if Wentz plays, they win. I think if Wentz doesn't play, I think they lose. I mean, we well, don't you even know what his one. status you is. Gotta pick one. Oh, man. I know. Uh, have to. I think that I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna say the Titans are gonna win. Yeah, I got Titans. Uh, 31-21. I think the Titans are gonna win. I think it's gonna be like twenty-eight ten. Oh wow! All right. Uh, and then Pat Saints, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Saints. I think the Saints are gonna bounce back. I think it's gonna be low scoring. Um, I'm gonna go 20 to 17, um, but I won't be surprised if the Patriots win either. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. I'm going with the uh, the Patriots here. I think. I think Bill Belichick is gonna keep this team on a roll. I think. I think Mac Jones. I think he's gonna look pretty good. Uh, I'm just kind of concerned about Jameis Winston after that last week. He kind of looked like his old self to me. Uh, I can see Belichick having this team really capitalizing on on those mistakes. They were able to capitalize on the Zach Wilson mistakes. Winston plays what we did last week. This game can get ugly. I think it's gonna. I think it'd be twenty five seventeen. Patriots. Okay. And then um, Giants, Falcons, yikes. Let's go with the Falcons on this one for yep. me. I'm going to go I'm gonna go 33 to 18. The Falcons win this. I'm going to say Falcons are going to win. Pitts is going to catch his first career touchdown. I think it is going to be. I can see that. I can see it could be. Tw- I'm going to say 21 to 7 Falcons. Okay, and then, uh, oh, Chris, Bengals-Steelers, a little rivalry. I will go with the Steelers. Uh, the Bengals yeah, I'm gonna go with the Steelers to keep it close, but also blow it. I'm going to go Steelers 23-17. I'm going to go with the Steelers over the Bengals this game. I think the offense kind of looks better as far as the Bengals, but once again, it's like the Steelers. They could lose to the Bengals again. I don't know. I really don't have any confidence in this offense right now. Uh, I'm going to say the Steelers are going to win. Say. I'm gonna say twenty six to. I'm gonna say twenty six thirteen. All right, and then our final one o'clock game. We got Lions Ravens. I have the Ravens. Uh, I think it's gonna be a game of catch up for the Lions. I'm gonna go forty five to thirty one Ravens. Oh, you think this Ravens team is gonna like? They're gonna score. go over this game. Yeah. I think the Ravens are also going to win. I don't think they're going to score that many points. I think they're. They, I think it could be like, hmm, what do I think? Oh, with like 31-20? 31-20? Okay, a little lower scoring. All right, and then uh, a couple of 4 o'clock games here. We got Raiders-Dolphins. Uh, as much as I hate the Raiders and as much as I think they could just blow this one, I, I'm going I with the Raiders. I'm forgetting this. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Raiders. I think it's going to be 28 to 20. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Raiders here. Uh, Sam, I actually, I actually agree with you on that score, the 28 to 20 score. I was going to say that as well. Yeah. And then Rams Bucks should be one of the games of the week. Oh, this is oh, going to be man. the game of the week. Damn. I think, I think this, Tampa's this is gonna probably win. the NFC championship right here. I don't see, I don't see Tampa slowing down right now. I think Brady's playing some of the best football uh, we've ever seen. Gronk and him look like how they did in their Patriots days. Uh, that chemistry, Gronk, Gronk has looked good these first two weeks. Brady has looked unbelievable. Uh, I think the Bucks keep on rolling. I think Tampa Bay wins, um, and I'm going to say they're going to win. I think it's going to be 35 to 30. You know what? Uh, for shits and giggles, since we've been having too many uh, uh, close games, we'll do. Uh, I'll, I'll pick the Rams. Uh, I'm going to go uh, 33 to 29. So it's definitely going to be a, a high-scoring game. Stafford's going to be slinging it. It could be another big game for Cooper Cup. Maybe, maybe um, Robert Woods gets uh, gets in. Uh, can't even think right. Get, get some action going on because this Bucks secondary is horrendous. Maybe Tyler Higby. Maybe Tyler yeah. Higby gets more than one, gets more than one target this week. And then finally, Vikings Seahawks. Finally, the uh, Vikings play the Seahawks at home. I feel like it's always a Monday night game at Seattle, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Sadly, yeah, the Vikings I think... will go zero and three. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be thirty four to twenty two. Yeah, these are two bad defenses going at it. I think we're due for a DK Metcalf game. Yeah. And Tyler Lockett two weeks in a row. DK Metcalf is ready to explode and have one of those two touchdown, 150 receiving yard games with seven or eight catches. I think Seattle wins. I think it's I think it's 28-23. Okay. And then we have our Sunday night game, 49ers Packers. Um, I'm gonna go with the Packers. And I'm going to say it's going to be 37 to 30. Yeah, I'm, I'm not copying you, but I think the Packers are also going to win. I think a lot of people are pretty down on them. I still think they're like, yeah, the Packers should have beat the Lions. They did, but I think they're going to be stuck on that week one, that week one loss. Um, I think Packers are going to win. Um, what do I want to say it's going to be? I think, hmm, I think 25-20 Green Bay. Okay, and then finally we got Cowboys Eagles Monday night. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. I'm gonna say it's gonna be uh, go twenty seven to fourteen. I think I once again I'm gonna have to agree with you here. I do think Dallas will win on Monday night. As much as I would much rather see the Eagles win over the Cowboys. The Cowboys, they're just a better team. I think Hurts will look good. I think Dak is gonna have enough is gonna have a bounce back spot offensively. I think it's gonna be 37-33 Dallas. Okay. 33 points for the Eagles. But um yeah, I actually really like the slate coming up, especially that Bucks Rams game. I'm excited to watch this this week. Hopefully uh, both our teams can bounce back and it'll be a good weekend of football. I'm looking forward to it, Sam. Hopefully, I stay undefeated in my 14-team fantasy <laughs> league. I know my my 14-teamer. Um, before we sign off, I want to read this off my because uh, I know in our in our little four-team league, which we do for fun every year. I think my my 14-team league had 145.74 points. 
It's it's full PPR, by the way. And my four-team league had 145.86. So pretty crazy to think that a team with 14 different teams in it can almost outscore a team when it's four teams and everyone's team is stacked, which is something I find to be a little bit funny there because I think my 14-team team has been – it's been outperforming the four-teamer. That's weird. That's, That's fancy for you. It's, it's a lot of luck. That is on. fancy, but – Hopefully I keep on steamrolling in both of those leagues. Got a win over you that last week. Thank you, I know, King I know. Henry. I'm Look. one and one in all three of my leagues, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, man, it's been, it's been a fun season so far. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, uh, we'll see you guys next week for our week three recap and week four preview. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you later. All right. Later, guys.